The Medallion, Chapter 26 Kate jumped from the bed, knocking Atiyah to the floor. The gray-eyed man was nowhere in sight. Was I away long? Atiyah dusted herself off. Longer than I wanted to wait, but our brother said you needed as much time as possible to contact Tirith. Did you see her? She wasn't there. Kate wasn't going to say anything about Corvin until she could talk to Tirith about those seeds. Our brother was afraid of that. He said we needed a backup plan and left to find some things he required. I gave him the sword to protect himself. Kate walked to the door. It felt good to be dressed again, even if the clothes smelled of sweat. The table was blocking the door. Kate put a hand on it. We should find him. I don't want to just sit here waiting for the soldiers to arrive. A soft, rhythmic rap on the door startled her. Atia pushed past. It's him. She dragged the table away and unlocked the door. The gray-eyed man rushed into the room, a thick bundle of sticks under one arm. Atia closed the door behind him. What do we need all the fire sticks for? The man knelt on the floor and began tying all the sticks together with a cord. Did you contact Tirith? Kate crouched beside him. She wasn't there. I think she might be out looking for Corvin. He nodded and looked to Atia. When you went down to the main hall, did you notice the pile of rocks across from where this tunnel comes out? Yes, that's where I hid when I was checking out the front gate. Atia smiled as she mimicked the man's voice. You can't go out that way. It's too well guarded. Well, it won't be for long. You and Kate will go hide in the same space. When the men come up here to take you to the wedding ceremony, they will trip the bomb I am making and the explosion will bring everyone running. That is your chance to sneak out the front gate. You and the Master Medallion need to be as far away from this rebel leader as possible. Once you are out the gate, do not take the main trail. Turn left and go up the narrow track on the side of the cavern, but watch out for falling rock. This is going to be a massive blast that will take out part of the cavern wall. Bending over the sticks, he began to weave a thin gray vine in and out of the bundle. Once you reach the city wall, you can follow it along until you find the spot I told you about. Where are you going? Atiyah asked. I must stay here to barricade the door and rig the explosion. Atiyah stepped in closer. I cannot allow you to destroy yourself to save us. It is against the code of the sisters. He smiled at her. But I'm only a brother. It does not matter. I will not leave you. He stood and put his hands on her shoulders. Don't worry about me. I will go out the window and I will move to the side of the cliff face before the fire sticks explode. As he turned to the window, Kate heard him mutter, At least that's the plan. Atiyah began to protest and he turned back to her, It will be all right, Atiyah. I have climbed the cliff outside this window before and I know the way down. I will meet you on the path along the wall. If you're not blown to bits, Atiyah retorted, It is a chance we must take. He put his hand to Kate's cheek. It is critical for you to get through to Tirith. Do not come back for me if I do not meet you below the city wall. Do you promise me? His hand was warm and his eyes full of compassion. Kate found herself nodding before she fully comprehended what he was asking. He opened the door and looked down the hall. It's time to go. The soldiers will come as soon as the horn signals the first meal of the day. He stood aside as Atiyah and Kate made their way into the hall. Atiyah stopped and hugged him. You are the best brother I've ever had, she grinned as she turned to leave. And that's not because you're the only brother I've ever had. Wait a minute. He unbuckled the short sword from around his waist. No self-respecting sister should be without a sword. But you might need it, Atia protested. He pulled it around her waist and cinched it up. A sword would only be in my way as I climbed the walls. Pulling medallion from around his neck, he looped it around Atia's. You must also carry this for me. I can't let the rebel leader get his hands on any of the seven. 
When we meet again, you can give it back to me. Atia nodded gravely, then turned away and walked briskly down the slope of the narrow tunnel. Kate turned to follow Atia, but he placed a hand on her shoulder. She turned back and he reached both his arms around her and hugged her close. You be careful. We need you. He let her go and shut himself inside the room. Kate stared down the tunnel. It reassured her to know that someone truly cared about what happened to her. Corvin didn't. The thought hit home and a fresh bitterness toward Corvin crept into her mind. She considered banishing the thought, but no. He deserved to be disliked for the way he treated her. Why should she bother with him if he was only interested in Tirith and those seeds? Atiyah waited for her where the tunnel came out into the main hall. The wide cavern was empty and Atiyah pointed out a jumble of large boulders across the way. They were halfway across the open space when a horn sounded. Sprinting the rest of the way, they dodged in behind the boulders. A rush of feet came from all directions, and in a moment the hall was filled with men jostling for position as they tramped into the gloom at the far end. Two of them pulled into a niche on the other side of the largest boulder. Kate could have reached out and touched their toes. Stupid fools, hurrying along like a pack of rats when they know full well it's gruel yet again. Hardcore Van said, once we're inside the city, there'll be food enough for all. Yeah, right. Food for all who are not killed in the attack. He's not the best at planning battles, he paused. Or maybe he is, for fewer men surviving the attack will mean more food for himself and his friends. Shut your mouth. If someone hears you, we'll both be executed. You for talking and me for listening. This time his plan might work out. He says the priest is on our side and will make sure the city gate is open and unguarded. I'll believe it when I see it. Let's get in line. We don't want to die on an empty stomach. The men left and Kate peered out between two rocks. The crowd had thinned out and she caught a glimpse of tall soldiers moving against the flow and marching up the incline toward the room they had just left. Are they in for a surprise? Atia commented dryly from behind her. Will they die when the sticks explode? Whatever happens serves them right. They were going to murder you, remember? Kate frowned. They were just soldiers obeying orders. It was a brutal way to die. Atia gave a little giggle. Those two are about to find out just what an explosive temper you can have. She poked Kate's shoulder. We better duck down as low as we can. The blast will come straight toward us. Kate crouched as a voice spoke behind them. So what do we have here? Deserters? Get out of there and join the ranks. No one is exempt from this mission. Kate glanced over her shoulder at the man standing in the gap next to the cavern wall. Atia caught her eye and tapped the hilt of her sword. Come on, the soldier gestured. I don't have all day. Kate stood to her feet and stepped around Atia to give her room to draw her sword. The man's eyes widened. How did you? The ground shook violently as a blast of dirt and dust shot out of the tunnel they had come from. Horns sounded and men shouted from both ends of the hall. Kate looked to where the soldier had been standing, but he was nowhere to be seen. Atia pushed past, grabbed Kate's hand, and led her out into the main corridor. Muted voices were all around them in the dust-filled air. Kate coughed and pulled her cloak up over her mouth and nose. Someone slammed into her and she almost lost Atia's hand. The air began to clear as they moved outside the cave and clambered over piles of loose rocks that rolled underfoot. Someone cried out above them and a huge slab of granite crashed behind them. Atia pulled her along even faster. They climbed higher and soon found themselves on a narrow track jammed tight up against the cavern wall. Kate let go of Atia and glanced back. Below them, men ran about in a cloud of dust rolling in the still air from the mouth of the rebel cave. Shouts rang out amidst a confusion of shadows and torches. Atia stepped beside her, looking above the entrance to a ragged hole punched out of the cavern wall. 
Chunks of rock were still falling from the face to the rubble below. Can you see him? Kate asked. Atia shook her head. If he's alive, he will meet us at the spot he spoke of. Atia climbed higher along the base of the wall and Kate followed. Will the soldiers come after us? No, he made it appear like we died in the explosion along with the soldiers. What about that one that saw us in the hall? Atia shrugged. Hopefully a big rock fell on his head. Kate glanced behind them as they climbed. The sounds at the shattered gate below grew faint. At least they won't be attacking the palace tonight. Don't count on it. That man might be crazy, but he isn't stupid. He will say the palace killed his bride and urge his men to attack Kadir immediately. Then I need to contact Tirith right away. Don't you need to be in a bed? No, any spot that is closed in and dark should work, as long as I'm not disturbed. Then the place the brother asked us to meet him will be good. Atia stopped and pointed down along the wall surrounding the city. Do you see those smaller buildings? Kate nodded. That is the priest section in the City of the Dead. It's right where that deep ravine comes right up to the wall. By the tallest building? Yes, that's one of the royal crypts. Our brother said there's a small cave in the ravine below the wall. He wanted us to wait there and he would show us the way into the city. It should be dark enough in that cave. I can try to return to the chamber while we wait for him to catch up with us. Atia shook her head and turned back to the rebel base. I'm not going with you. I'm going back to find him. She turned back to Kate, a serious look on her young face. He might be injured and need my help. We will join you as soon as I find out what happened to him. Please be careful, Atia. Remember, you carry his medallion, and he trusted you to take it away from the rebels. Atia gave a quick nod and turned away. Kate followed the track running outside the city wall, and in a short time she came to the ravine Atia had pointed out. The small valley forced the narrow path to cut away from the base of the wall and across a crude bridge. Kate walked out on the bridge and swung herself over the edge. Using the bridge support, she easily worked herself down to the bottom of the ravine. Whatever was in the air in this place was steadily increasing her strength. Pushing through the fern-like vegetation at the bottom of the gully, she reached the wall and found the round hole the gray-eyed man described, like a round water culvert and a good deal larger than the hole the lizard had cut back in Corvin's cellar. Pulling out her medallion to light the way, she crawled inside. A short distance ahead, the tube-like -like cave ended against the large foundation blocks of the city wall that rested on solid bedrock. She swept the medallion over the walls to examine them more closely and discovered a star-shaped indentation on the top corner of one of the stone blocks. Pulling the chain out of the way, she lifted her medallion over the spot. A sharp click, a deep rumble, and the block beside her slid up and out of the way. Her light revealed a steep set of stairs and Kate crawled inside, stood to her feet and put one foot on the first step. The door dropped behind her with a soft thunk. Kate shone the light around and located the star cut into this side of the door. At least she would be able to escape if this were a dead end. Cautiously, she ascended the stairway to the landing at the top. Three blank walls greeted her, but one was smoother than the rest. With a gentle push, it sprang away and slid an inch to the right. Grasping the thin slab, she pushed it out of the way and stepped into the space beyond, her medallion lighting the way. The room she entered was empty except for a set of stone doors to a right with the usual round keyhole. The medallion had no effect on the door and Kate peered through the hole. She was looking down the center of a marble plaza to a gate at the far end. Small buildings lined both sides. To the right were the ones with the pointed roofs she had seen from up at the cavern wall. She had made it back into Kadir but could not get to Tirith, at least in person. Standing before the locked door, she touched the medallion and thought of going back to the chamber. A light came on overhead, and she was back in her anteroom. Opening the door, she peered into the chamber. 
A soft gray mist flowed out of the shattered door. Goosebumps rose on Kate's arms as the ghostly tendrils reached out toward her. A breeze swept around the room and swirled the mist back into the dark opening. Taking a deep breath, Kate stepped inside. The lights came on, but the illumination could not penetrate the haze hanging beyond the broken door. Only the star in the door where Corvin appeared was glowing. She crossed the floor and touched the door. It shimmered away and Kate jumped back. A masked figure towered over her. Blue veins pulsed along a thin neck. The mouth opened, revealing a glistening blue tongue. Is that you, Kate? A white hand lifted toward her and stopped at the opening of the door. Powder blue fingernails tipped each of the bony fingers. Kate took another step back. Who are you? How do you know my name? It's me, Corvin. Kate shook her head. The figure spread out its long arms. Don't forget this chamber makes us look different. You look different this time, too. Kate looked down to find her dress was no longer brilliant white. The material was thicker and didn't fit well. The bottom hem was stained like she'd been walking through mud. Sooty streaks climbed up toward her waist through its coarse folds. She didn't even have to think about what had changed. She was angry at Corvin and did not like him or want to help him anymore. Kate, I can prove it's me. Ask me anything, only I would know. Kate avoided looking at the hideous person standing before her as she searched for a positive memory. All that came to mind were the mean things he'd said lately. I can think of something, the person said. We've never spoken of it before, but there was a time we were both watching the stars out at the Castle Rock. A coyote barked and scared you, and I held your hand. Do you remember that? Kate did not lift her eyes from the ground. It was Corvin, and she did remember that special time, but she did not want to admit it. Why should she let him get close again so he could hurt her more in the future? She shook her head, and small holes appeared at the bottom of her dress as if invisible moths were feasting on the fabric. Tiny pieces of cloth began falling to the floor. Kate lifted her eyes to see if Corvin was noticing, but he wasn't looking at her dress. His mask was gone, and Corvin was searching her face. Her anger came rushing back. So what if I was the first girl you held hands with? Who was the first girl you kissed? Sad eyes stared back at her. Someone else. Yes, it was someone else. It was Atia, and while you were kissing her, you were actually thinking about kissing Tirith. Where did you hear that? You can't believe everything. Kate turned to leave. Please don't go. I'm sorry. Kate did not turn around. I don't want to talk about it. I need to go. Will you come back and meet me here again? I'm in trouble. I need your help. Please, Kate. The humility in his voice brought her up short. If he was willing to admit he needed help, maybe there was hope for him after all. She turned around, but his room was empty. She closed his doors and the lights around the chamber flickered and dimmed as the mist slithered out of the broken door and circled around the room toward her. Kate ran back to her entry room. The mist grabbed at her ankles and she stumbled inside. Instantly, she was back in the square stone room, still running and stumbling and then falling against the doors leading out into the courtyard. One sprang open and she tripped over the threshold and tumbled down a short flight of stairs. Kate jumped to her feet and looked around. The plaza was empty and the small buildings surrounding it were dark. The one she fell out of was the largest building in the plaza and more ornate than the rest. Carved over the door was the name Morgan. As she walked back up the stairs, the stone door she had fallen through closed with a loud click that echoed through the plaza behind her.